Today on Media Well with Psychic Sharon Rose, we are going to discuss the connection between psychic sciences and mental health. And how does developing as a psychic make a difference to your mental health and the mental health to those around you? This is going to be a two-part podcast episode. Let's get started with part one. And here is Sharon to discuss this really exciting topic. Hi, welcome back. I'm really glad that you're here with us today and I'm glad you're listening. I want to talk about the impact that our world is struggling under right now in regards to mental health. And I know I'm a psychic life coach and medium, um, but what is the connection between psychic work and mental health? Is there an overlap? And for any of you that are just kind of using your common sense, you know that there can't be a separation. There has to be an overlap. When I do my coaching sessions with my clients, I always explore the physical, emotional, mental debris that they're dragging around with them before we get into development of spiritual self. And I think what's happened is a lot of people, we're all psychic. You all know that we're all psychic. We all have psychic ability, but how can developing our psychic ability help us wade through this new world that we're looking at outside of COVID? COVID beat us up. It took away any plan you might've had in place. It took away everything. It wasn't like you were having a bad day and you could just wait for the next one because it was still there. It wasn't like your community, all of a sudden you went, I don't like living where I'm living because there's COVID. I'll move into another community because it was everywhere. It wasn't like COVID gave you a sense of purpose. There was a sense of helplessness instead. And humans are designed to thrive. We spend millions and millions and millions of dollars to survive, to thrive, to grow. And we're always looking for our purpose. Everybody wants to feel happy when they get up in the morning, knowing they're going to have a day where they're going to be doing something that makes a difference, if not just for them, for others, and where they're going to have some fun, where there's going to be some joy, where they can engage part of their creative aspect. And if you notice, a lot of adults tend to throw that away as they get older where the kids, they don't mind picking up a crayon whenever you hand it to them and they'll design anything anywhere on the kitchen wall, on the kitchen floor, or you could give them a piece of paper. The fact is that's our mental process. Our mental process is always looking for a way to create and to be thriving. And a lot of us get focused on the monetary aspect of our world. And how does monetary have anything to do with psychic self? A lot of us will connect on our, our, our physical health and the way we look. How does that impact our psychic self? And how does our psychic self impact our physical self? And our, of course, our emotional comes along with that as well. So how can being a developed psychic help you and me and your world and my world with our productivity and with our sense of who we are and with our ability to solve our own problems? One of the things that's happened with COVID, that sense of helplessness that we all have experienced through COVID has left us feeling somewhat helpless. And there's an enormous amount of people out there who are really angry at different bodies uh, like government, uh, like the health system, like the mental health system, all these different organizations, different communities, associations. They're angry because they're saying, well, you're the premier, you should be able to make the call. Or you're the prime minister, you should be able to make the call. Or you're the president, you should be able to make the call. Make my life work. When in fact, we were making our own choices prior. Some of them weren't good choices. And we were using our own mental capabilities, but we weren't necessarily taking responsibility all the time. 
for the decisions that we were making because some of them were bad. But now we feel like we're powerless, like we don't have any power to make decisions. So how does being psychic change that? What is it that brings you back to the table and helps you feel whole again with your mental processing? One of the uh, most important things that happened to me in the last or in the last while was my exposure to my clients. I have a client who lost her mother and it was sudden. And of course, a lot of COVID losses were sudden. She lost her mother and she came in and we had a, a great session. She was able to reconnect with her mom. And through it all, there was a constant message coming through for her daughter, who is nine years old. And so I suggested to her, I said, you know, your daughter's very psychic. I could feel her through this woman. I said, I would be willing to sit with her and talk with her so that she can understand that she's not the only crazy one in the world. Because up to this point in time in our story in the world, being psychic is a little bit outside the box. We're on the leading edge of spiritual development right now. And being psychic was outside the box. So I have talked to so many people who say, well, you know, I came to see you because I can't talk to my friends about this because they think I'm weird. Um, my friends would think I'm crazy. My family would probably disown me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I know what they're talking about. Developing as a psychic told me when I was in development, coming back uh, on a plane from England. I was terrified. I was so scared that my family was going to turn their back on me and that my friends were going to turn around and say, you're just wacky. And everybody was going to go like, okay, now she's fallen right over the edge. And when I got back, I got such strong support from most people. There were people, friends and family who fell away. There were people who said, okay, you're a whack job. I don't want anything to do with you. And those people aren't necessary in my life anyways. They don't make a difference to me anymore anyways. And when I really look at it, they were toxic to begin with. So what the heck? But I think it's time that we bring the psychic sciences into mainstream and we start teaming up with our mental health and our mental capabilities and use the tools, the psychic science tools and the mental development tools that we've got and merge them bring them together so that we can actually teach our young people how to be proud to be psychic, how to be proud to step into their spiritual being, their spiritual essence, and how to really engage those tools so they don't have to have bad days like we do. They don't have to get depressed for weeks on end before they finally pull themselves together and say, oh my God, I don't, you know, they don't have to. They've got the tools. And for me, when my father passed, I crashed and burned. And I came back out of that. And I'll go into that in session two. But then my father-in-law passed and the tools I had used to help me heal from my father passing affected me because I wasn't able to engage in those anymore. And I'll talk about that in the second part of this. And I crashed again. Well, what was it that I was able to engage in? What was I able to do to help me come back? I was able to engage with my psychic tools that I've been practicing and practicing and practicing for years. And let's face it, if you want to strengthen a muscle, you have to practice it. It doesn't just stay strong all by itself. Can't go build a house without a hammer. <laughs> We're now at a point in time in our lives, you're not going to become mentally full, healthy, emotionally balanced, and physically well without developing your psychic sense. It's not going to happen. We have to bring spirituality into the game. And I'm not talking about religion. Religion has its place. It's a different concept altogether. I'm talking about self-care, emotional self-care, mental self-care, and spiritual self-care. So I want to go back to this gal, this little, this lady who came in. 
she did call me up and she did bring her daughter, her nine-year-old daughter in to see me. And this little girl was amazing. She walked in the door. She just lit up my place. She was just amazing. But every time her mom had an emotion, this little girl felt it. Now that's a strong, clear, sentient energy. And children are very much like that until they are conditioned out of that, or they grow up and emotionally become emotionally, either they're broken because they don't want to be vulnerable or they grow up with a balance of emotional mental self. And so she was very, very connected to her mom's emotions. And every time we would talk about her grandmother, who was the lady in spirit, her mom would cry and this little girl would cry. And I could just literally see the lines going from one to the other. I could just see it. And as a medium, I've got a huge amount of training behind me and a huge amount of psychic training behind me. And so it gives me that skill. And that's why people come to see me. This little girl, when we had our conversation, we talked and I talked to her about her mom's emotions. And I talked to her mom about her emotions. And as soon as her mom acknowledged, yes, I understand that my daughter picks up my emotions. And when her mom got permission from the universe and from her mom and from me and from her daughter, it's okay to be sad. Then the little girl realized that it's okay to be sad. She hadn't yet really mourned the loss of her grandmother, who she was very close to, because she was so busy taking care psychically of her mom. And what we need to do is give her tools, give her tools and all these other kids that are out there, give them tools so that they know how to protect themselves from overload. And they also know how to guide some of the older people that don't have developed psychic ability and just not developed it because that's been their lifestyle. These kids can use these tools for their whole entire lives. And the nickname for this little gal, her grandmother nicknamed her Bean, and she called her Bean. So I'm going to refer to her as Bean because I'm not giving any names up here. This little gal was gung-ho girl. I loved her right from the get. So I said, I'm going to teach you a meditation. And so I taught her a clearing meditation that I learned. It's a Buddhist meditation, and it's powerful. And I taught her a clearing meditation. There's three steps to it. And man, I tell you what, she stepped into that right away. She stood up, she closed her eyes, she got right into the meditation, she used her body, she engaged fully. And when she was done, all she could do was yawn. And it was hilarious. She was yawning and yawning. And I started to laugh after about 10 minutes. I said to her, I said, do you know why you're yawning? And she looked kind of embarrassed because she, I think she thought she was being rude. I said, it's not because you're bored and it's not because you're being rude. It's because you're clearing. What you did is you picked up all that energy and you let it go and you're clearing any debris out of your body and out of your psychic sense. And I told her, that's exactly like me. When I was working with Reiki and I was doing Reiki sessions on people, I would start picking up their debris because that's what Reikis do. They clear. I started picking up the debris that was coming off these people and I would yawn like crazy. And I thought, oh, this is crazy. Why am I yawning so much? And then I started to realize I was clearing debris. So that's just, that's just one thing I want to share with you is that is actually something that can come from learning how to step up and learning how to tap into your own psychic ability. But this little girl, when she left, she felt 10,000 pounds lighter. You could see it in the way she walked and the way she engaged with her mother. And if her mom got teary-eyed, because I carried the conversation on after that exercise, I did it on purpose. I wanted to see if her mom got emotional again, because her mom still wasn't in control of her emotional center. 
And I wanted to see if she was mentally, emotionally still struggling or if she was feeling a little better. Now, you got to remember her mom hadn't passed all that long before, so she was still grieving. And adults grieve differently than children. So this woman was still grieving where the the young girl wasn't grieving as much as she was grieving the loss of her happy mom. (laughs) And so when her mom would start to cry again, you know what this little girl did? She got up and got her a Kleenex. How cool is that? So instead of engaging and starting to cry herself and starting to feel vulnerable and starting to feel like she had to carry that emotional weight for her mother, she knew that wasn't her job. She knew that she could support her mom. She could be there. She could sit there with her. She could listen and she could give her Kleenex. And that meant more than anything. That told me that the job we were doing that day with little Bean was done. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? This was in a one hour session with a little girl named Bean who is nine years old and how she now has a new tool and she will use that for the rest of her life because this little girl is so dedicated to her own wellness. Most children are. They want to be happy. They want to be well. They want to be creative. They don't want to be mentally challenged or scared or afraid. And what's happening is they feel like the world is out of control and the world that's out of control is the world they depended on. This is where they counted on us and we aren't coping really well. So let's teach all the adults out there how to step into their psychic ability and how to become their best self by developing some tools, psychic development tools. And and I can do that. I can do that through meditation. Any good psychic out there can do that for you. Let's take psychic science out of the shadows and let's bring it to work with our mental world and our mental health. And let's start combining some of our our tools and skills and let's help these young people bring it into the schools. I know they're teaching meditations in schools in some degree. They're teaching yoga, but we need to teach these children more. We're not doing enough. Right now, COVID has literally decimated their world. They don't know one day to the next if mom's going to work, if dad's going to work, if they're going to school. They don't know. I know that they're opening the borders and that there's, because right now I'm talking to you and in, in uh, August of 2021, I know that they're opening the borders from the States to Canada, and there's all this talk about travel, et cetera, et cetera. But there's a fourth wave that's taking over and the kids are watching the news. They're not stupid. The adults are watching the news and talking about it (laughs) and the kids are hearing it. So how are they being empowered? How is this over? How is this really over? It's not. And they're feeling scared. And what they're talking about right now, anxiety and stress in these kids that are going back to school, who really don't know what to expect. They're terrified they're going to get sick. They're terrified somebody else is going to be sick. They're terrified they're going to bring sickness home to somebody that they love. They're terrified everybody else is out there and their friends are going to die. They're terrified about all this because so many of them have heard such horrible stories. So it's time for us to combine the mental health issues that we've got going on on our planet with our psychic sciences and with our development skills Somebody like me who crossed the line over from working in mental health to working in psychic and spiritual health. Somebody like me has those tools and almost every good developed psychic on the planet has a background at some level in mental health. I can't believe how many people in my industry in psychic sciences are actually trained in some form of mental health. They're psychotherapists, they're naturopaths, they're working in mental health in some way. They've been in the medical field or the mental medical field for for years. 
and emotional health. And they've moved over into the spiritual sciences. They're working with things like they've used hypnosis, say, for example, in their work. Uh, Dr. Brian Weiss is a really good example of this. He's a man and he's a bold man because I'll tell you what, if you're a scientist on this planet and you turn around and you start talking about hypnosis working and past lives, oh man, you're going to be shunned. (laughs) You're not part of the community anymore. Well, this was a man who was the head of the fellowship. He's a man who literally was the highest up in the college you could get. And he fell into a past life experience with a client. He didn't mean to take her there. They were looking for the source of her problem. And she went into a past life experience. And when she came out of that past life experience, she didn't have a problem anymore. And for him, he was dumbfounded. He didn't believe in past lives. She didn't believe in past lives. But that's a good example of how science and mental abilities and psychic science go hand in hand. Past lives, those have nothing to do with current science, do they? Yes, they do. They have to do with current life too. We have what is called cell memory leakage, sometimes a phobia. We're born with a phobia. I've had that experience where I have come out of a phobia of claustrophobia through a past life experience. And so let's teach our kids. Let's teach our kids how to develop their psychic cells. Let's let them have fun again. Let's let them be empowered again. And let's let them not have to depend on the adults who are already broken to make their worlds work. Let's give them the tools They can make their own worlds work. And then maybe we'll have healthier teenagers in 10 years. What do you think? There are also a lot of different TV shows, different books, different stories, different articles, different things being written and presented as truth uh, to the world. And there's all this talk about psychic kids, but they're being treated like they're mysterious, like they're, they're different, they're odd. And they're not, they're the mainstream. They're just the ones that it shows up really powerfully in their experience as children. For example, India has a lot of this going on. Children that are being born and they will say to their mother, as soon as they can talk, my name is not Joseph, it's Peter. And mother will say, no, we called you Joseph. No, my name is Peter. You're not really my mother. You're my second mother. Well, what do you mean? Well, I died and my name is Peter and my village is 20 kilometers away from here. And their mother would say, no, that can't be true because you live here. You were born here. You're my child. No, no, I died. I died in a village. A man killed me. He was my uncle. And mother would say, well, that can't be true. That's then the child will insist. They do get insistent. And so in India, they have enough of a faith base that oftentimes they will literally go to the village the child is pointing out. And that child will walk straight to the house that they lived in. And they will ask the people, did a child named Peter die from this house? And they would say, yes, that he died mysteriously. And Joseph, the current child, says, but it was my uncle, Harry, he killed me and he buried me here. I'll show you. And he would take them to where the body was and Uncle Harry would get charged with the murder of Peter. And after that, it seemed as though the memories would start to fade away for that child. They'd go back to their own village. And by the time they mainstream uh, into ABC 123 in school and parents and people and what life, they would start to forget that experience as Peter, that child. And there's so many documented stories about these types of experiences. Now, maybe murder is a little harsh, but it, it is a story that comes around. And there's also all this stuff about we're studying the psychic kids and there's TV shows and movies and whatnot. I swear, I watch some of those and I just 
want to go hit somebody because they're not accurate. Psychic kids are normal. They're not abnormal. And they have just insight. And what's happening is their insight is being to some degree exploited for these TV shows. They're saying, well, I understand this or I understand that. And we have to be so careful how we present these kids and how we present the information to these kids. But we as adults have to get over our own biases around what's odd, weird, and strange. This isn't odd, weird, and strange. I am as normal as you are. Well, okay, maybe there's a little abnormal here, but I, what the heck? But I'm, I cook, I clean, I sleep, I eat, I'm human. I'm having a human experience, but I'm a soul having that human experience. And so are these kids. They know it, their spirit having a human journey. And so for a lot of these kids, they'll talk about their invisible friend. And their invisible friend is generally somebody in spirit who's walking with them, who they're still communicating with that they are, you know, but we as adults, we say, oh, well, yeah, okay. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, we just don't get it. We have to connect the psychic sciences to the mental health issues of the current situation for the kids today. We have to, and we've got to start teaching them skills. What I want to do is I want to share with you the meditation that I did with Bean and her mom so that you guys can try and do it with your children. And I know try is a bad word. Do it with your children. They will love it. They will absolutely love it. And in the, I think in the episode one there or two, I don't know, there might be another meditation that you could, there's another meditation that you can also do with your kids that is connecting with your animal spirit guide. So they would enjoy that one too. But this one is a clearing one. Now, this is a really good tool. It's simple. It's easy for kids to use. And it's easy for adults to use too, if adults would just not be so stuck in their fear of judgment and just do it. So phase one. Here's the first step of this particular meditation. You want to stand with your feet shoulders width apart. So you're standing, your hands above your head with your head and your palms turned up to the sky. So step two, visualize sunlight entering your body through the center of each palm, your chakra there, and the middle of your forehead, which is your third eye chakra, moving through your body and then exiting from the bottoms of your feet. Okay, so the sunshine is coming in through your hands, through your third eye, down through your body, and exiting through your feet. Then lower your hands to your side. Stand quiet, breathe, and go to phase two. Now, phase two, you stand with the same standing posture as phase one, your feet shoulder width apart. Visualize sunlight entering your body again through the above mentioned position. So through your hands and through your third eye, watch it race to the bottom of your feet and then bounce upward and speedily travel out of your body through the three entering points. So do you get that? So the sunlight is coming in through your hand chakras, your forehead chakra, your third eye chakra, and it's going really fast through your body. Sunlight going really fast through your body, bouncing at the soles of your feet, and then shooting up through your body and out through your hands and through your third eye. So this is the time to tell your children that they're superheroes because they've got lights radiating out of the palms of their hands. And mom and dad, you might like that too. Who knows? Okay, now put your hands down again to your side. Take a deep breath, be calm. And now we go to phase three. And this is the last phase. Phase three, take the same standing posture as phase one and two. Visualize sunlight entering your body again. 
the same way, except then it, when it reaches the bottom, and slowly this time, when it reaches the bottoms of your feet, allow yourself to watch it rise upwards slowly and move in a spiraling motion throughout your body, removing all the pains and sick cells from the unhealthy parts of your body, which includes sadness, uncertainty, or disempowerment. Lower your hands and relax. That's phase one, phase two, phase three. Do this every morning with your children. Do it every evening with your children. You'll start feeling hopeful again. You won't feel helpless. You won't feel like as a parent, you're letting your kids down. You won't feel like your kids don't have any kind of tools to help them. And you, you won't have to depend on the schools or the rules anybody else is making. This is you setting up your spiritual process for your children. This is a powerful exercise and your children will embrace it. They will love it. And they will continue to do it for the rest of their lives. And you can continue to do it for the rest of your life too. Why are we doing this meditation? Because we're bringing some of our psychic tools into our mental health process. And we're going to combine the mental health process with the psychic science. This is so important. I do it. I've done it. It helped me heal from uh, loss. And then it helped me heal again from a second loss. I re-engaged in the cooking process that I, um, my father, my father, by the way, in case I didn't mention it, is a chef, was a chef. And so going to the kitchen and feeling his closeness allowed me to heal through his loss because it helped me engage in something that he loved to do when he was here on planet earth. And then my father-in-law, he wasn't a cook. I don't even know if he knew how to make peanut butter sandwiches, but he sure loved to eat. And he really enjoyed the food that I had learned how to cook. So food was a connection for me. In this particular case for you, this is a step where you're feeling a little bit helpless. This is something you can give to your children until you can learn how to engage more fully in your psychic self. Okay, make sure you come back and listen to part two, because in part two, I'm going to talk to you about the journey that I took to get through the mental health issues that I was facing by using psychic skills. Until next time, thanks for showing up and listening. And until part two, take care. Make sure you come back and listen to the other half. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Medium Well with Psychic Sharon Rose. To learn more about her and what she can offer you, please go to SharonRose.com. That's Sharon with a Y. She also invites you to sign up for Kitchen Witchin's six-month workshop series. Details can be found at kitchenwitchin.ca where you can register for the next series that starts on November 1st. Registration is now open. You can also contact her through the Sharon Rose Psychic Life Coach and Medium Facebook page. Please follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts so you don't miss any of the conversation. Sharon looks forward to talking to you next time.